Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. I got five things for you. I want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. What a season we've been in with church hurt. And I think yesterday was one of those messages that no one wants to hear. No one likes to hear. No one wants to talk about how they're offended. No one, myself included. But it's just amazing to see the freedom happening in the room. And I think what we're seeing in this season is people healed and people developed. People healed and people developed. You have to have both. You can't just get healed and then stay where you are. God wants you to go deeper. And that's what we're going to do tonight. So if you're ready, shall bring it on. Bring it on. There we go. Loud and mighty tonight. Amen. Second Timothy chapter one, verse 13 and 14. I'm reading out the English standard version tonight, uh, just because this is the translation I know of this really well. So it's, it's old to me. So verse 13, the Bible says this, follow the pattern And I put a different translation on there. So I'm going to read the one that's up there. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learn from me. This is Paul talking to Timothy. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Somebody say in. Verse 14. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. The English Standard Version older translation says this, guard the good deposit. Somebody say deposit. Deposit. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So I wanna talk to you, this leadership principle tonight on this, patterns and deposits. Patterns and deposits. Father, thank you so much for all you're doing in this season. God, I pray tonight that you would give us a depth in the Holy Spirit. God, that you would give us revelation knowledge, give us discipleship, give us development. Lord, make sure our roots are healthy. Make sure we're not only healed, but we're whole. God, tonight I pray that from this group of people, you're raising up leaders. God, people who are gonna lead not only in this church through service, but God, they're gonna lead in their city. And God, we're going to see your kingdom come and expand it in Bowling Green as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. All right. Patterns and deposits. Point number one. I don't have these for you because my truck battery died on the way here and I didn't get here to make them. So you're just going to have to stay with me tonight. Uh, Point number one. I want to talk about patterns first, then patterns and deposits, and then deposits. Okay. Number one, I think all of us understand that patterns are important. All of us understand that patterns is what the makes, what makes the world go round. You have traffic patterns. They cray cray in Bowling Green. We all have patterns, good or bad on purpose or by accident. That's how culture is. You can either design a culture or culture will happen organically. That's why they say when you're, when you're 
building the culture of an organization, the leader has to constantly steady that ship because culture by itself will try to move your organization away from what you designed it to be, just naturally, naturally. The same thing happens with patterns. Either we have good patterns installed in our lives or we create bad patterns. We can either create the pattern of getting up at a certain time each day or we can follow the pattern of getting up whenever our body says to get up. We can either have the pattern of, this is my pattern, I don't eat before I preach. I'm always gonna eat after. Now tonight, that's horrible because I'm gonna eat at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. That's horrible for my body, but it's a pattern that I have created. Come on, talk back to me here. You can either create a pattern or the pattern will create you. Write that down if you're taking notes. You can either create the pattern or the pattern will create you. Now this goes through everything in your life, whether it's how you serve, whether it's how you give. There's some people that just give automatically on Friday if that's your payday, automatically. That's the pattern. There's some people that give through um, repeated giving where it automatically withdraws it out of your account. And then there's some people that don't give at all. All three of them are patterns. In, in America today, church attendance is not every week anymore. What created that? COVID. People come like once a month now. If we had everybody that calls near church their church, which is on our text thread is 170 people. And that's, that's numbers. So most of the time, that's not a whole family. So we're probably talking more like 300 people that call near church their church. You're watching. <laughs> if, if we came every week, we wouldn't be able to hold them. We'd have to get a new building. We'd have to go to multiple services, whatever it is. We'd have to change our pattern because they changed their pattern. So patterns are so important and COVID caused people to not regularly come to church every week because it was acceptable. It's a pattern they created. It's like the same pattern, and this is, this is the pattern against that pattern. The pattern of in the early church, they went to the temple every day. It was their custom, Acts chapter three says. Peter's on his way to the temple as was his custom, as was his pattern. It's funny how things happen when we begin to follow the pattern. So point number one is this, show me your patterns and I'll show you your future. I'm gonna say that again. Show me your patterns and I'll show you your future. If your pattern is to wake up late and arrive late at work every day, your future, I'm gonna prophesy it is no jobby you're going to get fired because your pattern has become, hey, they don't care. It is what it is. I'm going to show up late. 
So the outcome of the pattern is what? I'm going to lose my job. Show me your pattern and I'll show you your future. It's like when I was in youth ministry, they used to say things to us like this. I think it was to scare us. It was good principles, but just not said right. Like who you hang around is who you'll become. That's not always true. It's not always true. Because if you have enough Jesus in you, they'll become like you instead. It was one of those things like, don't hang out with people that have sex. Don't hang out with people that listen to rock and roll. Don't, you know, all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's what they preach, right? And that's it, nothing else. But the pattern of that is true. Who you hang around creates a pattern in your life. If I hang around negative people all the time, my pattern is gonna become negativity. Always. This is why we have to have, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, a place and a time of prayer. Why? I'm developing a pattern. I'm developing a cycle. I'm developing something in me that is going to become my norm. And that's why it's so hard sometimes to break bad patterns and get into healthy ones because you've done it for so long that it becomes who you are. It becomes who you are. When I was at my last ministry job, you had to be there super early and we were there for 12 hours on a Sunday because we did four services. It was a long day. And so my custom was I'm driving to In-N-Out gas station, not In-N-Out the burger place. I wish, come on somebody. In-N-Out gas station and I'm buying caffeine at like 6.45. Every single Sunday I did that and it created a pattern and a dependency. Let's, Let's let that stew for a second. We all depend on caffeine in the room probably. Come on, right? Most of us do. I don't think the wises do because they're holier than any of us. <laughs> Just tea. Yeah, team tea. But that pattern develops dependency. And that's why addiction is so hard to break. Because the pattern creates dependency, which in turn creates identity. This is so good, y'all. I must say that again. The pattern creates dependency, which in turn creates identity, which in turn creates pattern. And it's a cycle, a consistent cycle. So, number one, show me your patterns and I'll show you your future. Show me what you do regularly and I'll show you what kind of person you're going to become. If you're single, who you're going to marry. If you're married, how your relationship is going to be in 20 years. Because unless something changes, you will always do the pattern. Always. Always. Is this helping so far? So number one, show me your patterns and I'll show you your future. Now, Let's go back to the text real quick. Verse 13. 
Paul says to Timothy, follow the pattern of sound words. Old translation says sound doctrine. NLT says wholesome teaching. Hold on, follow to the pattern of wholesome teaching. We could stop right there and just say, if we needed a word for the hour we're living in, it's right here. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. Don't hold on to the pattern of Fox News. Don't hold on to the pattern of CNN. They're all liars anyway. Come on, somebody. Preach. I'll clap for myself there. Come on. Don't hold on to that. We're not holding on to the pattern of politicians. We're not holding on to the pattern of even churches. Come on, somebody. But the word of God, wholesome teaching. Wholesome means I haven't taken pieces of it out because I don't like them pieces that are uncomfortable. No, I'm taking the whole word together. Wholesome teaching. So if my pattern is wholesome, my future will be wholesome. So that's point number one. Show me your patterns, I'll show you your future. If I'm following the entire word of God, the wholeness of God, I myself will be whole. Mm. If I follow the whole pattern, the whole teaching, I myself will be whole. Because I'm going to read this book and God's going to say, don't covet. And it's going to help me not to covet. And I'm going to get convicted reading that. And it's going to say, don't get offended like we talked about on Sunday. And I'm going to get convicted by the Holy Spirit and by the word. So many of us, so many times are like, I need a word from God. He gave us one. A lot of them. And sometimes we don't need a prophetic word. We just need to get back into the word and do the last thing he said. Can somebody say amen right there? Just hold on, Paul said. This isn't new revelation. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. Hold on to what has already established the church. Hold on to what has already established the apostles. Hold on to what Jesus said. Hold on to what the saints said. If it's from the word, hold on. Follow the pattern, which is so hard to do, and I need to move on, but it's so hard to do in the culture we live in when everyone screams that it's about my truth. If you don't have a pattern of the truth of God and the word of God, you will be deceived. You will be deceived. If you believe every single thing that every single Bible prophecy person puts on Facebook, you're going to think the rapture is happening every 30 seconds. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Every time something bad happens, the rapture is happening. It hasn't happened yet. It's coming. Come on, somebody. So number one, show me your patterns. I'll show you your future. Number two, because then we go to this. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in, somebody say in, In. Christ Jesus. This word in is indicating union with Christ. So point number two, and we'll go deeper in that, is healthy patterns are found in union. They're found in union. Union. Now, I wish I had time to really go deep into this tonight. 
but union with Christ. I'm unified with him in his death. That's his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. And Ephesians says that now we are seated with him in heavenly places. When you get this revelation of union with Christ, it changes how you read the word. Because anytime you see the word in, when it talks about with Christ, in Christ Jesus, or with him, it's talking about union. This is why we can say that I'm the righteousness of God. It's not my righteousness. According to Isaiah, our righteousness says filthy rags, right? Paul said, none of us are righteous. No, not one. We're saved by grace through faith. So no one can boast of themselves. But I am the righteousness of God. And this is not dependent upon the season I'm in. This is not dependent upon the struggles I'm going through right now. This is not, come on, hear me. This is not dependent upon the situations that are plaguing my mind right now. This is a position. It's a completed pattern that unless I walk away from it, I'm always going to be the righteousness of Christ because of the work of Calvary, not because of what I do, because of what he already did. And so healthy patterns are found in union with Christ. This is why we go to John 15 and it talks about union with Christ. It says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There is no healthy pattern apart from union with Christ. I don't care what psychology says. I don't care what therapy says. You can talk yourself good all day long. But unless the spirit of God frees your mind, come on somebody, unless the stronghold is pulled down, every thought taken captive, every thought taken captive, that is only found in union with Christ, only found with him. I will never bear fruit, healthy patterns. I will never do something healthy as a leader. My gift will never be healthy. My relationships will never be healthy. My parenting skills will never be healthy. Come on. My career will always be toxic. I'll always have toxic traits. I'll always do, I'll always gossip. I'll always do this. I'll always do that. Unless the pattern is broken through union. Because catch this, once I come into union, old patterns can't stay anymore. How do you know that? I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. They're dead. Because I not only came in resurrection with Christ, union with him, I also died with him. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So now my old pattern has died. When I'm baptized, it goes under the water. And I don't have to repeat the pattern anymore. Come on, somebody. If you're, if you're watching and you're taking notes, write this down. The loop has been broken. It's been broken. The anointing has come to break the yoke. There were some people that came to the altar yesterday that said, I'm dealing with the fence. That was broken yesterday. 
And now you can walk in the freedom, the pattern of no longer following offense, but wholesome teaching, sound doctrine, the word of God. So show me your patterns, I'll show you your future. And healthy patterns are found in union with Christ. And then number three, once patterns are found in union, patterns become deposits. Let me show you this. If I work a job, I'm working 40 hours a week, my pay period is every two weeks, my pattern of showing up every day, doing the job, doing what's required of me, not getting fired, come on somebody, the pattern is going to create deposits. Every two weeks, money's just showing up in my account. This is, isn't payday wonderful? It's awesome. We love deposits, but none of us want the pattern that makes the deposit happen. We say we want a move of God. We say we want revival. We say all of these things. Has our pattern created the opportunity for that deposit? Because watch what he says in verse 14. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, comma, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. He's saying that God put something in you, Timothy. God put something in you, but it's only in you because you had a good pattern. I'm never gonna hand Grayson a gun at five years old. Why? He has not yet shown me that he is responsible enough <laughs> to handle a real gun. You know why? Because he has fake ones. And you know what he does with them? He waves them all over the place. He keeps his finger on the trigger all the time. He'll point it at your face. Come on. He is literally the poster child for do not give this child a gun. But if he will create a pattern of learning how to handle something that is beyond him right now, eventually he's going to be given permission to go hunt a deer like is the deepest desire of his heart but he must first create good patterns this is so important in leadership and development because we think that when God speaks over us and anoints us in front of our brethren like David that we get the kingship now no okay David you've been faithful in the field let's see what kind of pattern you develop when Saul is trying to kill you for 15 years does your pattern remain the same oh this is good does your pattern remain the same because God wants to take us I was talking to one of my pastor friends today about process and we preach process and we talk about process it's one of those hot words in the kingdom we talk about process you need to go through the process in order to get through the promise and that's true 
but will we be faithful to process in patterns? Because what happened with the children of Israel, oh, this is so good, y'all. They were stuck in what was a few-day journey for 40 years. Why? They had a pattern. And it wasn't a pattern of going around circles because they were dumb or because Moses couldn't lead them to the right place geographically. Maybe he needed Google Maps, I don't know. But that wasn't it. Their pattern was grumbling and complaining. It amazes me how people complain in church. It amazes me. It's too hot. It's too cold. The lights are too bright. I don't like this seat. I don't like that graphic. I don't like this song. Why has he got to preach more than 30 minutes? I mean, I've heard it all through my years of ministry. I remember one time I was at this church that had a haze machine and they did haze. It looked great. And I remember these old saints would come in and go, <coughs> you got to turn the haze machine off because it's choking me. What they don't know is haze doesn't choke anybody. Fog machines do. I've heard every kind of complaining there is. Israel was the same way. And complaining kept them in bondage in their mind. They weren't in bondage physically. They were in bondage to a season. This is so dangerous that they could have come out of but refused to follow the pattern. So what happens? No deposit. No promised land. You had a promise, but because you refuse to go through the process of pattern, you will not receive the promise. I don't want to go there, y'all. So they were there because of grumbling and complaining, and then we see their pattern for the rest of their existence. What's the pattern? We love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's good to us. He blesses us. He gives us rain. He gives us crops. We're going to serve him. We love him. He's so good to us. He brought us out of Egypt. We love you, God. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We love you so much. Ooh, new idol. Let's worship something new. Fall into terrible sin, terrible sickness. Enemy takes me into slavery. Da, 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 da. God, help us, please. We love you, God, with all of our mind, soul, strength. You're so good. You give us rain. It's the pattern that repeats. And we think it's funny, but it's funny how so many of us are in the same patterns over and over. When one bad thing happens, God, I need you. Help me, please. We're praying day and night until the answer comes. And then, oh, the answer comes, God, you're so good. And then I don't need to pray anymore because the answer came. And I'm just going to come on, somebody. Come on. Because patterns become deposits. Patterns become deposits. And Timothy was faithful in his place. He was faithful in his pattern. And because of it, God said, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to entrust you with something. Which takes me to point number four. Withdrawals come from deposits. 
you cannot withdraw something that you've not made a deposit on. Uh-oh. You can't withdraw something that you've not made a deposit on. You can't. You can't go to the bank and think that Elon Musk just randomly sent you a wire transfer of $5 million. You could pray and believe all you want, but if you've not made a deposit, you can never take out money. You can never withdraw something that you haven't deposited or something you haven't received. Yet we believe the opposite all the time. Can we talk about our marriages for five seconds? Men, we want to have fun time, I'm gonna leave it at that, without making an emotional deposit in our wives. Come on, come on men, let me hear you. Amen, Pastor Andrew. And we get mad that they don't wanna do that stuff with us. Well, when's the last time we talked? Come on, somebody. Preach, Pastor Andrew, it goes the other way too. Did you hear me? It goes the other way too. <laughs> but that goes on, <laughs> Pastor Faye. They heard you. It goes with anything. How do we expect our children to behave when the deposit we've made on them is go watch this phone. Here's an iPad. Go watch this TV. And they're wild. We all do it, so I'm not coming after you today. But we get wild and mad because they're not acting right when we haven't given them time. And we wonder why they're so hyper and we feed them sugar all the time. Come on, somebody. This is good stuff here. Preach, Pastor Andrew, preach. <laughs> we are trying to take out withdrawals from places that we've never put deposits. And this is the same in leadership. You cannot withdraw something from someone that you've not put a deposit in first. Come on, somebody. Come on. We have to be willing to pour into people before asking them to do anything. Now there's some people who never let you pour into them and that's all right. That's not our job. You try and it just spills out. It's okay. But we have to be willing to make deposits. Come on somebody. It's like when people say, I've heard this so many times, maybe you've heard people say this. And this is base camp, so anything goes, right? Yeah, yeah, anything goes at base camp. <laughs> sure. Pastor Faye will do this if, it, if it's not cool, all right? She's the one that really runs near church, by the way. No, she's going now. We cannot expect a, with, expect a withdrawal, expect a withdrawal without a deposit. You cannot expect it. You will not. I know so many people that have said, well, I just don't get anything out of church. Oh, that word. Oh, just, it's not feeding me. Y'all, I can go to any church and get fed as long as they're preaching the word of God. So we gotta throw that excuse out the window. 
that quote unquote hashtag church hurt excuse, let's throw that out the window because it's not biblical. Because the, the job of the church is not to feed you. Preach Pastor Andrew. The reason why we say that is because we're starving. Because we don't feed ourselves. It is. Because if I have a relationship with the word of God myself, what the pastor preaches on Sunday, the sermons I listen to, it's just icing on the cake. It's just extra good stuff. The Bible doesn't say that Christ gave gifts to the church to feed the church. It's not just about feeding. It's about equipping the maturing of the saints, the equipping of the saints. My job is not to come in here and give people food, even though the word will automatically feed you. It's to equip. But people get mad because they come in church and it's not what they wanted to hear or it's not what they needed to hear. And they say, the church isn't feeding me when really they haven't made a deposit to withdraw anything from the word. Come on, somebody. And they trying to withdraw from the word that we speak. That's why sometimes like you'll hold the door for somebody and you just smile at them, you just love on them and they just grumpy. It's like, what did I do? What did I do to, you didn't do anything to them. They haven't had a deposit of joy in their life. And so you'll never withdraw anything from them. Come on, somebody. I can't take a withdrawal from a place that I haven't put a deposit. Is this helping you so far? So number one, show me your patterns and I'll show you your future. Number two, healthy patterns are found in union, union with Christ. Number three, patterns become deposits. Once those healthy patterns come, then God can, can give it to us. Yes. Number four, withdrawals come from the deposits. And number five, guard the deposit. Guard what is given. Because notice, if you'll throw that verse 14 back up there for me, Phil. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Let's read the translation, it's up there. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. This word entrusted is a word for stewardship. Stewardship. And we go back to the old parables. A man gives him a, a lot, a medium amount, and a little. It's all about stewardship. He was entrusted with what he had according to his what? Ability, the Bible says. His talents, his ability, his gifting. So Paul says to Timothy, I want you to guard the good deposit that God has entrusted to you. Which means 
that Timothy had been faithful leading up to this point. And we know that from 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, that he was a faithful spiritual son. He was a faithful young pastor going through it, but faithful doing what he was called to do. And so Timothy reminds him in the first part of his letter, follow the pattern, do it in union with Christ Jesus. But I need you to guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Because here's the key. The enemy is always trying to scam that deposit. Always. Always. Pastor and I have started this thing on the way home because I don't know if you know or not, Mondays are usually the worst day for pastors. We're usually super depressed. If you're not careful, you can fall into that pattern where it's your worst day of the week because things didn't go the way you wanted them to on Sunday. Your message didn't land the way you wanted it to. So-and-so got mad. So-and-so didn't show up. Like you could just go on and on. Well, pastor and I have started this pattern of I tell her all the things that frustrated me from Sunday on the way home. That way, if I'm a little grumpy on Monday morning, she knows what to pray about and what to speak to. Come on, somebody. Like I heard yesterday, this person complaining and complaining drives me crazy. Like we're in America, get over it. Come on, somebody, I'm not trying to be rude. We didn't have to meet in secret. We didn't have to meet under plague of death or someone holding a gun or imprisonment. We got to come here and meet freely. So if things aren't perfect, let's just get over it. Come on, somebody, help your pastor for a second. Like there's no reason to grumble and complain, okay? And I told her that because I know what the enemy does to my mind every Monday. Because what the enemy does with me, because we not only have patterns, the enemy has patterns too. And his patterns are so stupid that they work. (laughs) They're no different than they were in the Garden of Eden. He's trying to make you doubt. It's the same, yet we fall for it every single time. Lord, help us break the enemy's pattern. They're so stupid that they just work. And I know how it will go. Oh, that person complained. That's the start. They hate the church. Here's how the mind goes. Ready? In in the mind of Pastor Andrew on a Monday morning. You with me? Or even a Sunday night. Watching watching football, laying there. And I'm not thinking about football at all. Oh, they complained. They got mad. They hate the church oh, they're so close to so-and-so and so-and-so. They're gonna leave. They're gonna cause them to leave. Oh, we're in a lease in this building. What if we can't pay the bills? Because so it's funny how one little thing will cause you to go down this entire road. And it is a pattern that the enemy uses to take our victory. 
And I told her that because as I do that, I'm automatically taking victory away from the devil because I'm getting it out in the open and comparing it to the word of God because she'll let me complain for a minute about their complaining. (laughs) She'll let me get all of my worries off of my chest. She'll let me get all my frustrations off of my chest as our kids are screaming and singing in the background and we're trying to decide where to eat in the midst of all of this. It's absolute chaos, but it works for the butlers. Come on, somebody. She lets me do it. She doesn't say a word and then she puts it up against the truth, the word of God, what is actually true. Well, don't worry about that. Don't get over it. Oh, they didn't show up today because they were sick. All good, I thought they were mad. No, they were sick. Guard the deposit because there is always a scammer on the loose. I'll never forget there was this one time where I woke up on a Saturday morning and I check our banking often. It's just who I am. Our personal, our savings, pray for our savings, and, and the churches because I'm just constantly making sure things are well. It's who I am. If you know me, that's who I am. I'm constantly checking, constantly checking the weather. If there's a tornado coming, I will know about it probably 72 hours before you do because I'm constantly, isn't that right, baby? If there's a sale gonna happen, I'm gonna know about it because I'm constantly checking. And I'll never forget there was a Saturday morning that I I had checked it the day before and I got on Saturday morning and the church's bank account was in the negative, thousands of dollars. And I went, what the hee-haw? This isn't right. We didn't spend this kind of money. We didn't do this. Someone had hacked into, somebody got my card number and bought plane tickets. It said Delta. Said I haven't flown anywhere in years so I know this isn't true. Somebody had hacked in, had gotten my card number and scammed the church. And there's nothing worse than feeling that pit in your stomach that someone has stole your money. It's the worst. And it's funny how we will automatically do something about it. And I did, I called fraudulent at US Bank. I said, you're gonna fix this and you're gonna fix it now. They said, no worries, sir. No worries. We help you on call center, no worries. I reversed right now and it was fixed. It didn't even take 24 hours. It was amazing. It wasn't one to three business days like Prime. It was instant. And we'll do something about that. But when the enemy comes for our peace, And when the enemy comes for our joy, well, this is just the way it is. And we accept the results as leaders. Well, this is just how so-and-so is always gonna be. The devil's a liar. Come on, somebody. I said the devil's a liar. Guard the good deposit. Watch over it because there's a scam artist out there. There's a thief out there. There's a hacker out there that wants to take what God has put 
in you. It breaks my heart to see people that had the deposit, that have gifts, that have had deep revelation with God that I've sat across my desk from and had incredible talks about the word of God and who were talking about stuff, revelatory stuff that no one else is talking about because they're so focused on simple stuff, but they, they went deep in the word and they didn't read it for what it was. They, they're studying it, doing Greek and Hebrew. It's so terrible how the enemy comes for the deposit. Yeah. And those people are no longer serving God and it breaks my heart. He said, Timothy, guard the good deposit I've given you because the enemy is after it. Why do we have to have big services, big conferences, big revivals to get our deposit back up again? To put money in the account again? I'm guarding this thing. Because this deposit is not just about me. It's about those three kids over there that I'm pouring my deposit into them and they will never become what they're called to be if my deposit is always so low because things are just so bad to me. No, I'm gonna pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna rebuke the devil. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna tell the devil to go back to the pit of hell he came from. You can't have my joy. You can't have my peace. You won't have my mind. You won't have my kids. This is my deposit. God gave it to me. Get out of here. You can't touch it. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise right there if you're glad that you have the deposit and he hasn't robbed you of it yet guard what has been given that's why when we serve when we are given opportunity we don't take it for granted come on we don't take it for granted I've said before, I don't go on the internet and copy Joel Osteen's messages and preach them to you. I'm not bashing him. I'm just saying I don't go online and copy someone else's stuff. I'm getting in the word. Why? I'm not taking this thing for granted. I'm not taking it for granted I get to serve on sound. I'm not taking it for granted that I get to watch the children who are the next generation. I'm not taking it for granted that I get to sing. I'm not taking it for granted. This is a deposit that God is making in me. Because watch this. What did Paul say? We are treasure in earthen vessels. No, that's not what he said. We're the vessel that God has put a deposit in a treasure in. And God says, I want you to take the deposit, the treasure, and pour out onto someone else that their pattern may be broken. One of my favorite times we've ever had at Near Church. I'm waiting for it to happen again. I love Sundays. I love what God's doing right now. But there was something so special about the early days when we were busing in 40, 50 recovering addicts every Sunday. It was amazing. 
and it was so much fun. They were so loud and so rowdy and they men better than a lot of people I know. It was awesome. And I enjoyed that time so much because God was giving opportunity to use what was in me, what was in you, what was in all of us serving to break someone else's pattern. Man, that's powerful. Because that's the thing about the treasure and the deposit that God puts in you and then I'm, I'm done. It's not for you. It's not for me. The gift on your life, it's not for you. We like to use gifts to elevate ourselves and we like to use the anointing to make us look good. But it's not about me. It's about them. It's about my city. And the deposit that God has put in you and the deposit that God has put in me once I come into union with Christ, it is all about reaching them and seeing the pattern broken on their life. So my prayer over you tonight is that number one, you would follow the pattern of wholesome teaching. That's verse 13. And then verse 14, you guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Pastor, how do I do that? Throw verse 14 back up there for me. Notice what he says at the beginning. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within union. I don't have to guard this myself. And when I have moments where I go to gloom and doom over this church in my mind, I have to say, Holy Spirit, invade. Holy Spirit, I surrender my thoughts. Holy Spirit, I surrender my mind. Holy Spirit, you put this in me and you've not sent us here to fail. Holy Spirit, you develop these gifts and you've not sent us here to fail. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the ESV. It says, by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So number one, show me your patterns. I'll show you your future. Number two, healthy patterns are found in union with Christ. Number three, healthy patterns become deposits. Number four, withdrawals come from the deposits. And number five, we're called to guard the deposits. Stand with me all across the room, if you will. Hey, listener, thanks for tuning in to the Near Church Podcast. You can give online, fill out a virtual connection card, plan your visit, and more by texting the words Near Church to 94000 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.